It's time for the Brotherly Love Podcast. Keeping it real on the Philly sports scene since 2014. If anybody in their right mind is worried about Jalen Brunson translating the next level, then they didn't watch him play. I believe their team is happening, man. I really do not think that they're going to be denied. Whether it's the fight Bills, the Birds, the Fly Guys, the Process, or a national headline, these two beauties are talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. Here's your host, Joe O'Donnell. Stop feeding John me the car bombs. Run the ball, control the clock, don't do anything stupid. And John Mita. Kids out there, make sure you practice your free throws. Dear God, in these interviews with the Eagle Scouting Department, I know I can be better. What is up, SoundCloud? What is up, iTunes? It is the Brotherly Love Podcast, Labor Day edition. Joe Donald, John Mita here with you. Johnny Mita with Shaking, bro. Come on, man. Down the beach again, Joe. Down the beach again and trying to stay out of trouble. But um, apparently I can't do that. Though. It's interesting you say that because I was going to say um, that sounds like trouble. So, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Please try and stay you out. Know? and Don't roll around in bushes. Nah, nah. Or getting a, get a parking ticket from the Avalon police. Yeah, yeah no there. parking tickets this weekend if you can avoid. It's a holiday weekend. Enjoy the holiday. <laughs> oh, I, already, I already messed that one up because I already got one. That <laughs> <laughs> again. Anyway. And it's football season, dude. Welcome. Welcome, wow. football. Welcome. Good finally, to have you back. Finally. A week away, man. You know, it's uh, just a couple days from the NFL season opener, college football off and running. And the Philadelphia Eagles are world champions, so can't complain. Can't complain. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Love Podcast. Appreciate all love and support, and uh, let's rock and roll, brother. The Birds have made their roster cuts. They are primed and prepping for the Atlanta Falcons Thursday night football at the link. The banner will be raised. That place will be rocking. We'll get there in a minute. Plus, a former Eagle in some legal trouble. Big NFL trade, a big NFL signing. And we'll rant as well. That's all in store for you here on the Brotherly Love Podcast again at uh, on Twitter at Love Podcast. All right, Johnny Mita, the 53-man roster for now set. The Birds did make a small trade yesterday, acquiring a defensive back from the Bears. But uh, the cuts came in when you digested the final roster, at least for now. What jumps out the most and the biggest surprise cut for you? Who? Well, I mean, I, I really thought Josh Adams was going to make this football team the running back, the rookie for Notre Dame. I thought would be a nice fit, kind of give you that, that power back, that kind of LeGarrette Blunt type of running back. Um, I'm I'm so done with Wendell Smallwood, by the way. I, I just The fact that he made the team, Donald Pumphrey, and there was no surprise that he got cut because he just can't get on the football field. But for me, it had to be Josh Adams. Now, I don't know how, how the process works. Just, you know, go a day through waivers, see if he gets playing, and then I guess you put him, maybe there's a possibility that they could put him on the practice squad, but I would like to see that. So that would be my biggest one. For me, it's got to be Stephen Means, um, a guy that had an impact last year and, you know, not a much talked about defensive lineman, and I know the Eagles have certainly made some upgrades, uh, but for me to see a guy that did play in six games last year, that did, you know, get in on some action from time to time. I was a part of Super Bowl champion, from all accounts, a good guy on and off the field. Just one of the things the Eagles always have prided themselves on is that depth on the D-line, and Means is kind of one of those Swiss Army Knife guys. So, yes, I'm with you that, you know, the, the Josh Adams and, and Pumphrey and, like, that running back, they kind of hacked three backs there. We kind of expected that 
Matt Jones, a former Redskin, would get cut because uh, he had a miserable preseason, and Pumphrey, as you said, was hurt all the time. Hopefully they can keep Adams on the practice squad like you alluded to, but for me it's Stephen Means, the 27-year-old that uh, has a little bit of experience. It's his fourth year and obviously is a member of the Champs last year. Yeah, I, you know, that's, that's, a, um, that's a great name you bring up because I, I like this game a lot. I just think because there's so many talented players on this defensive line, I think that they just became they just became a casualty because they are they have so much depth at that position. Um, but I, I really like him too. I mean, I think he definitely he played pretty well in the preseason. I think he definitely deserves a spot on this roster. I agree with it. Let's um let's go to the Michael Kendricks thing just because talking about guys that get sure. they got cut. Former Eagle sure. linebacker Michael Kendricks. Uh, you've got his he's a he's a John Meade Jersey guy. You've got the the Kendricks jersey, and and they release him Thursday after federal prosecutors charge him with insider trading. Now we all know how it went down with Martha Stewart. Uh, they kind of threw the book at Martha, even though she was probably in like uh, you know the Boca Raton of prisons. But this is this is no joke. This is something the feds don't ever mess with. The Browns said they knew something was up. Uh, aware of the situation is kind of how they put it when they signed him in June to that one year deal after the Eagles did not elect to bring him back, but now new news has surfaced and he's been formally charged by the feds. And so Michael Kendrick's out of football right now. What did you make of this? Certainly a bit surprising. Now, I'm not trying to be naive here. And, and certainly there's, there's other guys that are probably doing this that are, that are high profile athletes, but you know, you and I were talking before the show and texting back and forth this week. And it's kind of like, you're making all this, the logic is you're making all this money. Why are you being greedy and getting an inside track on more. Uh, apparently, he invested ten thousand dollars and made one point two million over the course of a couple of years, getting some trade info on some type of bank mergers. Uh, just a silly move on his part. And he's already said that he's been cooperating, and he's already said that he's going to enter a guilty plea. So the question is now: Are, are they going to prosecute him to the full? So they're going to try to make him serve some jail time because. Most of the time when these things happen, that's exactly what happens. It'd be interesting to see just a silly, stupid, stupid move. Um, you know, there's other ways to invest your money and to make more money, but this is just just sheer stupidity. You, feel, you, you get the sense it's one of those like invincible type things, like, oh, Michael Kendricks, I can't be touched. There's no way this is going to hit the fan. Well, I think, I, I think a lot of these athletes, I mean, I, I swear to God, like, I've heard, like, stories that that's just the way they think. They feel like they have the money, they can order up, like, they feel like they can't be. So we'll see. We'll see. It, it definitely probably played a role in it, that's for sure. All right, let's jump back to the birds. Ian Rappaport reporting that the Eagles the plan rap to... Sheet. Rap sheet. Eagles plan to start Nick Foles in the season opener Thursday. Carson Wentz, the ACL, LCL injury. Rappaport says it's done fantastic in rehab, but this is a long-term decision for the face of the franchise. That's Ian Rappaport on Twitter. He's a well-respected NFL reporter. I don't think this is a a surprise to some. I know there was a lot of hype lately. They're showing the Wentz workout videos. In Philly, all we get now is workout videos. We get Markel Fultz workout videos, Ben Simmons workout videos, Carson Wentz workout videos. Can we just stay away from the hype for a little bit? Um, So this sounds like it's going to be full ship on Thursday in the opener. And I think, again, some of us expected it. But now the question is, when does Wentz return? I'm going to read you some stuff from, uh, again, a well-respected 
follower or a guy I follow on Twitter, a former NFL doc. I've referenced him before, uh, pro football doc on Twitter. He used to be the Chargers, longtime head athletic trainer, team physician, whatever. And, and I've always go to him when I'm looking for scoops on an injury. I did at the time of Wentz's injury as well. I'm going to give you his thoughts in a second because he just published a piece today on it in the San Diego Tribune uh, website. But your thoughts on this decision and when do you expect Carson Wentz back if you had a crystal ball? If I had a crystal ball, I mean, he's going to be back on week number three. He will take on the Indianapolis Colts. A couple games, I mean, let's see. I mean, Nick Foles can win these games. Okay. The last thing you want to do is basically to put you know, jeopardize the future of the franchise quarterback. If if there's no proof in the pudding, more you look at a guy like RG3. If some people said that he came back fully healed, he just never got into the playbook, whatever, whatever. But he shredded his knee to pieces, and then they put him back too early, and it just, it, his, his career never came back. I mean, look at what Brian had. Now, I know there's two different types of athletes, but he started the Achilles, and he didn't really come back early, but he was just never the same. So, if, if it's only a couple games, you know, you just proceed with caution here. So, I'm really fine. And, and we all know, I mean, Nick Foles is pretty capable. He can win you some football games. And I think the defense is going to be so damn wiped out this year. I don't think it's going to matter who's playing quarterback, to tell you the truth. But, you know, you just have to urge, you know, you just have to proceed with, you know, caution here because you can't risk not having this guy. They're going to need him at the latter part of the season. So if he's not ready to go and they don't think he's ready to go and they're getting, you know, they're getting more medical opinions than anybody, than any of us, than any reporters in Philadelphia to keep hammering Doug about it, um, yeah, I mean, that's what I would do. I would just be ready to go at home, get the crowd behind him back on the stage, and uh, I think that's when he'll come back. Uh, you bring up an interesting thing about the reporters. At some point, and I think we've already seen it, this is wearing thin on Doug Peterson answering the question all the time. And the longer this goes on, the longer and more often the question's going to be asked. So let's keep that in mind as this thing drags on into the regular season, especially if the Eagles aren't rolling along as we hope they are. All right, pro football doc as he calls himself now. He's a sports medical analyst. Um, Here's what he had to say on his piece today on the San Diego Tribune website. He said, we have said all along, meaning him and his group there, there's no medical way that Wentz could be 100% by week one. He goes on to add, again, that the ACL and LCL was just a terrible injury to suffer. He goes on to add several things, John Mita. All right, and I'm going to just paraphrase these for you. He says, the chance of a re-tear is higher for up to the first year and goes down each week. Uh, obviously, Eagles and Wentz's surgeon looking at the bigger picture. Furthermore, he goes on to say, he just recently started 11-on-11 drills, and he shares some of those reps. He hasn't been cleared for contact, hasn't played in the preseason, and he says, based on the videos that have been released of the workouts, he still seems to think that Wentz favors the knee. All right, continuing on here. Uh, they didn't put him on the pup, he says, because then he can practice with the team, blah, blah, blah. And he said he thinks it's going to be more of a week-to-week thing with Wentz. And here's the kicker for you, all right? Brace yourself, Eagles fans. He says in this piece, and this is a quote, at this point, medically, he is more likely to start week seven after a Thursday night game in week six or week 10 after a bye in week nine than he is to start week two. This is a very respected medical doctor. Again, anytime I have injury questions about a philia like any big injury 
He's on Twitter. He's breaking it down. Again, he's just going off video. He's not going off medical reports, but this guy has years in the field, and he says it's more likely he starts week seven or week 10 than week two. Wow. That's somewhat concerning. But again, you got to think big picture, and you got to remember in February, we all got what we wanted. So now as a fan base, how do we react to the possibility Wentz is only a second-half quarterback? Again, this is speculation, but it is medical speculation with some, you know, with obviously a resume to back it up uh, from from Dr. Chow, the pro football doc on Twitter. And I just was curious, now that you've heard that, what say you, John Mita? I mean, I mean, here's the thing, okay? ACL injuries are one of the toughest injuries. Yeah, you know, what, ACL and L- or, uh, MCL, LCL, to come back from. So, I figured... He'd probably be out for the first four weeks of the season. But, again, case in point, there's another damn reason why you didn't unload Nick Foles to the Cleveland Browns yes. for second-round draft. Yes. I mean, this is why they didn't do that, because maybe they kind of knew the timetable. And it, it stinks, but, like I said before, besides that you know you have a capable quarterback, someone that's got it done, brought you the biggest granddaddy from you know, I, I just think, I mean, it's crazy information, but they were showing videos of working out before, like, you know, the last preseason, or, or the Cleveland preseason, and it kind of did look like he was favoring. The only thing is, when you have an injury like that, when it's like, what, like, to me, or your heart, like, you start to favor. Like, you don't even know you're doing it because the are You know, it just, it just tells you to do it. It's just one of those things, like, so I, I I can't say that I'm too shocked, but you know, seven games. I mean, that could be something. Even ten games, that could be something. But it's just nice to know that you had a security blanket there. And then also too, Alshon Jeffrey is another guy that's not you know he's activated, but it doesn't look like he's not even going to return until week three. So there are some lingering you know issues with these stars on our football team that could be a little concerning, and it could you know may. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you remember back to last January, we had a doom and gloom edition of the Brotherly Love podcast. And one of the things that I said at the time was this is an injury that's going to keep him out, obviously, for the balance of last year. That was a no brainer. But I was concerned about the first month or so of this season, just based on the timetable, counting the number of months, you know, typically it takes to recover from this type of injury. Now, the Super Bowl changed all of that. We had, you know, that that's the elephant in the room. Without the Super Bowl last February, Philadelphia would be going crazy. However, as you touched on, they still have Foles. We saw what he did, brought us to the promised land. So everybody can just chill out a little bit. And if you have to go two and two through the first four games, four and two through six games, you can still win the division and go to the postseason. I believe. Now, are you going to be 13-3? and three? Are you going to win the conference and have home field throughout? Maybe not. But that doesn't mean that Wentz starts to find his stride in late November, December, January. This team can't be one, of, uh, you know, one to reckon with down the stretch. All right, let's go uh, to week one. Let's just jump right into it. How do the Eagles sure. beat the Falcons, start 1-0, defend their title properly at home Thursday night? Pressure, pressure, and more pressure. Uh, on Matt Ryan. Um, Notoriously, when the Eagles can get to him and shake him up and hit him several times, 
you know, you, you might be able to make something happen. I mean, turnovers are going to be huge. You look at the Eagles this preseason, they were horrendous. <laughs> ratio. So um, it's going to be important for them to take care of the football. It's also going to be important for the Eagles defense to take care of business for some turnovers, maybe a couple fumbles, a couple picks, something like that. And and special teams always play the role with the Philadelphia Eagles. And it's so nice to get the whole back. And the, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them in the point return game. And I think notoriously, if you've seen this setup, and like if the team won the Super Bowl, and they started, except for last season, like, you know, the, the, the Patriots got blitzed by the Kansas City Chiefs. But other than that, when they started the season on Thursday night, Usually the home team comes in and puts a whooping on somebody. So yeah. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I agree. Usually the, the defending champ at home yeah, opening please. season is a tough game for the road team, historically speaking. Now, last year notwithstanding. Right. but right. And and how, how, how juiced is the link going to be? Yeah, I know. Once they raise the banner. Yeah. I mean, that place is going to be. That's got to be worth it. That's got to be worth a field goal or a touchdown on itself, that home field advantage. Um, exactly. I agree with you 100%. Defense has got to be spot on for this game, and we expect them to be all season long. Um, you know, no Alshon Jeffrey. You know, you're down a weapon, but can Aguilar, Ertz, Ajayi, Clint, you know, you can spread the ball around, Sproles, oh, and it. I and I yeah. think there's, you know, I think there's a way they can put up some points. Now let's look at how the Eagles beat the Falcons last year. They shut down that offense, and that is the 100% thing that's got to happen. Defense has to keep them in this football game. You got to stop the run. Got to stop the run. Uh, you talked about field position. I think that's huge. But one of the one of the biggest things for the Eagles to have success, and you did hit on it, is protecting the football. I don't like the trend in the preseason of coughing up the rock a lot. I know it's the preseason. I know it's the second and third teamers. But I have seen before with this organization that when you start turning the ball over when you're careless with the ball it can plague you all season long we have seen that uh in, in past eagles years where it's just a year where they put it on the carpet a lot or they make boneheaded plays or they don't execute you can't have that creep into your game week one or i feel like that's something kind of matriculate and go through throughout the course of a long season so i love to see him protect the ball execute play aggressive play fast football and just feed off that crowd, man. And get it done week one. I love it. Any doubt in your it. mind? Any doubt in your mind? They're not one and zero. No, there's no way when they when they raise the finger in that place, man. It's just gonna feel the pain. Sixty-three to six. Great. I won't say that. But I'm kind of looking at a. Uh, I'm gonna go with thirty-four to thirteen. Wow, that's a route. All right, I'm yeah. a little. There's there's part of me. There's the old Negadelphia in me. The pre-February yeah. Joe O'Donnell. That's thinking they might get blown out. All right, so I'm hoping that doesn't happen. I get I get a little scared sometimes. What do you, what happens when you when you get scared? You get a dog, right? Maybe I should get a dog. Exactly. No doubt. Uh, no, no doubt. birds win, no doubt. I just think you know they can't have a sloppy start. If they don't, if they avoid the sloppy start, and defense keeps them in the game. They'll find a way to get it done. And I ha- I'm not going to panic over Nick Foles at all. And and that'll be part of the rant here coming up in a couple minutes. All right, Johnny Mita, let's go to division winners. In the National Football League, predict them for the Brotherly Love Podcast listeners. Who you got when it's all said and done to win each of the National Football League's divisions? Jesus, I didn't even know this question was coming. Uh, Wait a minute, I, I we think, talked about this. Uh, did we? I don't think I saw that in the email, but 
Uh, you can deal with it. You can deal. All right. So then, on the fly, who's winning each division? Just give me the division name. All right. NFC East. Start with the NFC East. The Eagles are going to win that. Okay. I say the NFC South. I like the Saints to come out of there. I think they're a really good football team. I like the Packers to win the North. Yep. Who else? NFC West, yeah, Arizona, L.A., San Francisco. Oh, that's a tricky division, but you got to go. And then the Rams, they look pretty legit. So I go with the Rams. You, do you, do you see any any issue at all with the Rams defense and all those big-name guys being able to make a mesh? Wade Phillips going to have a tough task there trying to get all that talent and keep them happy. It, it is going to be a tough task. But um, – you know, he's one of the most talented defensive coordinators, so I think we'll be able to find a way to get it done. Yeah. All right, AFC so. East. I think it's going to be the uh, the New York Jets. Get out of here. Final. Come on. No, it's going to be the Patriots. Yeah. All right, AFC North. <laughs> AFC North. Oof. You know, I, it, it pains me to say. I don't know, man. The Steelers could be the Browns. Uh, I'll go Steelers. Are you, bu- are you buying the 3 and one Cleveland Browns in the preseason? Nobody, man. They were 4-0 last year. AFC South. Okay. Who you got? AFC South. AFC South, man. If Deshaun Watson's coming back healthy, man, I think the Texans are going to be in that division. All right, AFC West, last division. Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders. Who you got? This guy's a maniac, but i got to go with the Raiders, even though they traded. Oh, you, you, come on. Player. you got to be kidding me. All right, yeah, NFC. You know, like, you know, I like the Chargers, guys. Chargers? I like the Chargers. Right. I'm going to go with Philip rolling on the river. All right. I got Perfect. NFC East taking the birds. NFC North. I don't like Kirk Cousins. I just don't see how that defense doesn't keep them. them in every game. And I don't see how they don't put up a ton of points because that he'll throw for 4,000 yards. And he's got way better receivers and talent around him in Minnesota than he ever had in D.C. And Thielen, Diggs, and a healthy Dalvin Cook. So I'll take the Vikings. Sorry, Aaron Rodgers, you're not the GOAT. NFC South, I am going to take the New Orleans Saints. One win over the Falcons. Sorry, Atlanta, opening night's going to be a tough one. It'll be behind the eight ball all year. NFC West, it's the Rams division to lose. Hopefully, Russell Wilson's not listening. AFC East, it's the Pats, unfortunately, unless Brady gets hit by a truck. AFC North, I am going to buy the Baltimore Ravens stock. I've been hearing good things out of Ravens camp, and uh, they went 5-0 and in the preseason. I didn't even know that was possible. That's what the Hall of Fame game does for you. AFC South, uh, I, I, Jacksonville Jaguars are Fugazi in my book. They didn't deserve to be there last year. Blake Bortles oh, stinks. The I'll take the Sean Watson and the Texans. And AFC West, I'm taking Big Red and the Chiefs. I am buying the Patrick Mahomes wow. stock. I am buying Tyreek Hill saying they're the best offense in the league. Although I don't know that that's actually true, but I think they'll put up a well, lot I got of points. They lost a lot on defense, um, from what I've seen. You know, Marcus Peters goes, and yeah. But I will take the Chiefs yeah. to outscore everybody in the AFC West. All right, um, you wanted to touch on Khalil Mack trade, Aaron Donald well, contract. I mean, what do you got? Well, no, I mean it's just that you were talking about like I think this year more than any other year that I can remember. You're talking about like crazy star holdout. You know when you're talking Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, Earl Thomas, Le'Veon Bell. I, I can't remember a year when they've had that many impactful players holding out and all you know willing to sit 
you know, the, the, the Steelers haven't heard anything from when Levian's going to show up. But then, basically, the dominoes fell when Aaron Donald signed his contract. So he was, at the time, the highest player. And then the, ra- the reason why the Raiders pulled the trigger to trade Mac is because they knew Mac wanted to demand more money than Aaron Donald got, which is just crazy money for defensive players, um, you know, over $130 million. Yeah, and the Bears paid him. Khalil Mack going to make $23.5 million. Right. Now, here's the reason. The Raiders couldn't pay. When you have a quarterback with the money that Derek Carr's to me, you can't pay two guys. The reason why is they, they had the flexibility of paying a guy like Mack is because they still have their quarterback. He's only you know, being the second year of his five-year rookie contract. So that's why the numbers work. They gave up a couple first-round picks. It's another reason why they could pay him is because they're going to have to pay two first-round picks for the next two years. And I think that's another reason why why the money is going to work out and why he got paid in Chicago. But, you know, the, the whole – I'll tell you what. I mean, John Green, I mean, they traded one of the most popular players on their team. Now, how they could have found a way to, to fit him in at that number would probably be impossible. But it would be interesting to see if maybe that locker room even blows up because – Khalil Mack was really good friends with Derek Cole, and um, you know some of the team, some of his former teammates are pretty pissed about the whole situation. But, Would you have given up so two first rounders for Khalil Mack? I mean, that's a hefty price, man. But he's that good. Yeah. So, so I'm looking. Um, at, I'm looking at a list here. It's about 30 defensive players and the percent of their cap hit and basically their total salary. Okay. It right. goes from Cameron Hayward of uh, Pittsburgh, defensive ends at the bottom. He makes about $60 million over the total of his contract. And right. then J.J. Watt's at the top uh, as far as percentage of your cap at signing, right? So J.J. Watt right. takes up 12.5% of the Texans' cap. Cameron Hayward takes up like 7% roughly. And, and right. in between, there's 20-some other guys from Khalil Mack, Devon Miller, Aaron Donald, uh, Vernon, Unit JPP, there's not one eagle on this list. That's the most surprising thing to me. Now, obviously, Brandon Graham's going to look at this and go, pay me. I'm next, right? Because Brandon Graham right. is better than Carlos Dunlop in Cincinnati and Ryan Kerrigan in Washington, maybe. And, you know, he would be looking at this list if he's if he's smart. Clay Matthews is on the downside of his career. All these guys are taking up, you know, 7 to 10 to 12% of their team's cap, and most of them are making $60 million or upwards of $100 million in the case of Watt, Mack, Miller, and Donald, and Justin Houston in Kansas City. So if I'm Brandon Graham now, I'm looking at this going, I've been a good soldier. I'm starting to become the first rounder everybody thought I should be. It's taken a while, but now I'm here. I got a couple years to get paid. So if I'm the Eagles, little nervous about Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack making all this money, because at some point, you're going to have to pay Wentz. And like you said, it's tough to pay the QB and a D-end, especially when the Eagles thrive on depth. You know, Brandon Graham's not the best player on the Eagles' defense. We all know that's Fletcher Cox. So is Brandon Graham going to get paid? I don't know. I don't have the answer to that now. But seeing this list, I was just stunned. stunned. There's not one Eagle as far as you know, guys just chewing up a lot of cap per team uh, on the Eagles' defense. It's because we got one of the best capologists in the game, Ah, brother. there it is. A little plug. Little How many former for Ravens Howie. Joe Douglas going to bring in this week? How many former Ravens? Over-unders, two. I don't know. All right, what Maybe do you... Ray Lewis could come back. Yeah. You'll have to stab somebody first. Um, all right, lastly, rant. Rant away for me, brother. What do you got? 
All right, well, here's my rant, okay? I'm going to talk about it. It's fitting that I'm back at the shore, okay? And let's talk about parking down the shore, okay? <laughs> I've never seen more yellow spray paint in my life. It's like, where are you supposed to park when every curb to a viable parking spot is sprayed with yellow paint? Not only do they then ticket you, which I happen to get a ticket, but, you know, I was illegally parked, I get it. For an astounding number of fifty-four dollars, then they also tow you. Oh, you, know, you got towed too? No, 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 no. I didn't get towed. I had a conversation with an unknown police officer. It was very nice. I'm going to look like Bull from Night Court. Nobody will probably get that '80s reference, but it's it's just crazy the parking down here. I also want to talk about uh, the the lovely establishment of the Princeton. Uh, I was going down there to look myself in the door, and apparently uh, they radioed ahead. They have walkie-talkies, and they said that I should not enter their establishment, which is pretty funny. Uh, they said they saw me, you know, 30 miles away, and they radioed it. So, those idiot individuals, all right, you did me a favor. My money there, thank you for that. So you so got a parking favorite. ticket, and you've been drunk discriminated by the Princeton so far. Happy Labor Day. You summed it up right there. Happy Labor Day, brother. All right, my rant's a quick one. It goes to Eagles fans. Let's calm down, all right? Listen, I'm going to be as fired up as any of you listening Thursday, especially when things aren't going well throughout the game, throughout the season, because that's in our blood. But let's just remember that the Philadelphia Eagles got it together last year with all that adversity, with everything in their face, their leadership, their personality, their perseverance, all pulled them through. So let's not panic. We know we know that Nick Foles can get it done. We know that with some extra practice and extra reps, he'll find a way. We know the Eagles will game plan appropriately for his skill set and who is in the lineup and who is not. So let's take it easy, Eagles fans. Let's enjoy the ride. Remember, we're the chance for a reason. Nobody can take that from Eagles Nation. Fly, Eagles, fly. Get it done Thursday night. Kick the season off on the right foot. No need to panic. No need to panic. We're the champs. Love it, brother. Love it. Great job out of you. All right, brother. I appreciate that. You getting the old Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-X, relax? Yeah, a little relax. But I'll be the first one smashing flat screens. Let's just keep that in mind. <laughs> Talking out on both sides of my mouth. All right, it's the Brotherly Love Podcast for John Mader, Joe Donnell, for my kids here in the radio station studio that were quiet for the most part. Appreciate the love and support. Get it done Thursday night. Go Birds. Till next time. We'll see you. listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.